Welcome back to Podex. Our guest for today is an entrepreneur, investor, and athlete who owns a stake in a variety of company and also runs them, and is also the founder of Golden Ace Ventures. I'm so excited to introduce you to Abhijit Mittal. Golden Ace Ventures has founded multiple companies and has stake in many companies. You know, there are so many people out there who want to get into the business world, the entrepreneurial world. They have Abhijit Mittal, who is also known as Avi Mittal, here with us, telling us all his hacks and secrets. So Avi, thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure, Avi. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show and thinking that I'm worthy enough of being interviewed with a young, budding, upcoming entrepreneur like yourself. No, but you've actually done a lot. So I was just reading about you, and it's really amazing. And I want to dive into all those topics. So there's like a lot of topics excite me, but I think most are in entrepreneurship and investing. So a lot of my questions will revolve around that. And then we can go a bit about the athletic side and exploring your nature, but most will be more like the entrepreneurial kind. I hope you don't find that. Sure, please. Yeah. So I actually remember the first time I called you, which is like the only time we've spoken before. And I remember I found you to be very humble, you know, because of the way you said you you said to me that uh, you are a small man, and that why should I have you in my podcast? Which is in my which has stayed in my head, you know, because that's not true. You're just Undervaluing, like you're you're grounded with humility. Uh, staying humble and staying grounded is my key to you know giving myself a reality check that I never become complacent with my success. That gives me that hunger and drives me to strive for more. But uh, I'm not sure. But I think you said somewhere like five to seven years back, you were a kind of different person. And since then, you've reinvented and recreated yourself, and that you are completely different now. So, could you explain us? Let's start from there. How did you evolve from that stage? It's uh, that you know, it's a phase that every you know human being goes through. But for me, it was maybe that phase from that boy to becoming a man. And I feel I started out a little late when I got certain reality checks that life gave me. So I think it is all part of the stages of being a brat, and then from a brat to being a uh, a businessman. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just got a call. I'm so I just got it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So uh, being a you know from coming from a background of business always, but always being pampered by the elders of my house. My grandfather was a very big support system in my life. So sorry. I don't know. I'm trying to avoid these calls. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, so uh, so the whole phase that I came in uh, at about seven years ago, at the age of 25, when I wanted to, uh, you know, start my own, bring, make, basically make my own uh, mark in society. And uh, it was a tough time. I lost my grandfather during that time. And that gave me a reality check that what do I want to be in life? Where do I want my career to grow? Or do I just want to be known as, you know, a scion of uh, a certain lineage which uh, provided luxury and comfort to me? Or did I want to make my own mark in society and have my individual identity built? And that was that transition phase and that I said, just becoming from a boy to a man. That was the whole thing. Well, how do you discover your nature? Because I know a lot of people who are born into business families, but they prefer doing something else, like maybe acting or singing or cricket or something else. So how did you discover that you wanted to dive into entrepreneurship and not something else? How do you discover nature? Uh, well, 
Well, I think it's not about more about discovering. It's also about your surroundings. In my surroundings, I always had uh, people from various walks of life, but my family was mainly always into businesses. But even in the businesses of fame, like, you know, we've financed and produced films in the past. My granddad has done that. I had, uh, you know, I'm uh, sharing this, that I did have the options of becoming an actor as well back in the days, but uh, never, it never caught my fancy. I always saw myself as a person, you know, who is uh, more oriented towards uh, multiplying with numbers. And I think that's where I found my niche that, you know, I'm, apart from being a people's person, I can also, I think, decently good enough in multiplying money. So I think that's where it all started out. I wanted to dive into, you know, choices. So how did you like, you know, how do you take important decisions? Because, you know, a lot of us get paralyzed during taking important decisions. Like more importantly, when people move from the student phase of life to the work phase. So somewhere about 2022, they graduate from college and they're going to enter the work phase. So a lot of people, you know, don't know what's going to happen. They're entering a different phase of life. There's something new. There's an excitement. There's a sense of fear, anxiety. So how did you take the decisions from in that phase of life when you changed? So precisely, uh, actually, like that, that's just the reason, like, you know, if you see my career, that when I started out my company, Golden Age Ventures, it's a holding company. I decided that I would never limit myself to one particular business. because I could not at that time myself decide that what am I good at? Am I good at tech entrepreneurship? Am I good at sports entrepreneurship? Am I good at just as an investor? Or if I am I good at my creativity? So that's the reason when I decided, I always thought that, you know, I'm going to have a, make a base for myself and through that, you know, explore my options. And that's the reason, you know, it's just incidental that I became part of so many ventures that I founded and co-founded them or invested into them. But I never limited and blocked my own creativity. I always wanted to keep trying new and different things. So hence, Golden Age was that platform that I created for myself, which has my base strong. And by putting my hands into 10 different things, I feel that if out of 10, even two succeed, the rest eight are justified as a trial and error and as a learning curve. But I never believe in putting all my eggs in one basket. That is my business strategy and my growth plan. So hence, that's I, how it works out. I think you think. So basically, I, you know Gary V? Do you know who's Gary V? Sorry? Do you know who's Gary V? Of course. Uh, yeah, basically everyone knows who's into entrepreneurship. So I think even it's true. Like Gary also says this that it's always better to take 88 shots, uh, which are imperfect, than to just take four perfect shots and trying for it. Because there are there's a higher chance of you succeeding when you take those 88 shots than when you try to just take those four shots. So I think that is and that also can be related. Exactly, that's the reason he succeeded so well where he took so many shots into so many companies and his those stock values and you know share values quadruple I wouldn't say quadrupled but into billions. So uh, definitely yeah I think that's that is the way ahead. And uh, that also, you know, being an entrepreneur does not limit you from exploring what your inner habitations are, that what you wanna do, what you wanna like uh, and when times today like have like businesses have grown into so many various avenues and so many various you know, uh, like uh, uh, avenues are open to people that you, and plus with, you know, changing times and trends, uh, you know, you need to try and always, you always want to be part of the latest big thing. Like, 
right now i have suddenly found in the last say one one and a half months i'm i'm, I'm exploring like i'm sharing this with you i'm exploring to look into getting into ai artificial intelligence is not something which i ever thought would be part of my portfolio but i'm looking at exploring options that how i want to bring it make it part of my portfolio right so it's always about exploring and seeing what you can do in times like during this lockdown i have uh, acquired uh, three new different uh, verticals and three new companies in terms of uh, in solar power i know for algae and solar got into solar with surya energy got into the medical space with pt medicals where we have these rapid uh, you know inflatable hospitals then i've now just dropped down another uk company where i've become an india channel partner for a very unique different kind of a different segment application which is uh, you know we will try to explain each one of them in a bit to you but so yeah i always thought that it's about growing your businesses and trying to you know explore as many avenues as you can and never limiting yourself to it so that was as an entrepreneur it keeps your passion growing and going so i want to ask you this question which is uh, you said that you've been trying to look for investing in ai companies and all that stuff so how do you like i know most companies reach out to you through email but has it ever happened that you will try to find a company so you're looking for a certain company and you will search up on the internet or you will search up on linkedin or somewhere and try to find out people in that field and get them together well to be honest uh, this answer goes back to your earlier thought about you know my network being my network and i think now at after 7 years of being in the game and you know being out there i have made enough relationships and associations with various different kind of people who come from these various walks of life so i know about two three good entrepreneurs or in the tech investors who have already ventured into the ai space and i've like you know closely tried to understand their models of how they accelerated their success by investing into these kind of ventures so uh it's not i no i don't do the traditional way i would i won't go and google a company or go on linkedin and try and approach a promoter because then that would you know give me a shorter hand but in my initial stages i did definitely do that like about say till 6 years ago the first year maybe yeah i did do that where i did you know go and seek information and see but once if i before the only time i used the common platform of google to try and explore something it will be obviously to always see the competition So if I've made up my mind on a certain venture, and to see uh, wh- who I'm competing with and what's the marketplace like, or whether do I have a monopoly or no, that's when I would use the help of uh, Google Gurus, as we all call them in India now. So you had like a seven-year journey, which you just told us. So you, whenever we are trying to start something new, you might have entered different new markets and all that stuff. So when we are trying to enter something new, we are experimenting a lot, and we are bound to see failure. so tell me some of, some of your failures and what you learned from them uh my failures uh, uh there have been ventures in which uh at say maybe initially uh i have trusted people and uh, you know worked with them closely but thinking that our vision is aligned and we can grow together and then at some point of our journey this time come when you know it's time for either one of us to you know get off that uh, you know train and uh, let the venture move ahead or you know so or have it halted at that at, at that station so that's happened to me in the past uh, and uh, not too long ago but even very recently uh, i was in a venture before with i won't name those people because i don't believe in you know holding on to those grudges but uh, there was somebody who had wronged me in the past and i gave a second chance again and got back into business with that person and then yet again that person uh, 
did the very same thing that he did to me the first time and i feel like such a fool that you know how can i be but the thing is that i still believe that human nature can maybe change a person or make a person a better human and they don't realize i i very strongly believe in karma and that's the reason i never mess around with you know people in that way because uh, i always believe it comes back and bites you and more than you to bite your loved ones it hurts even more so my failures have been that i i am naive in that is i trust people very easily and always believe in the good of human nature than the bad of them and that might be my uh, you know weak side to it but that doesn't stop me from bringing out even that aggressive side of me where when i want to pin someone to the ground and show them who's boss i can be that nasty as well you know i i can really relate to the trust for a lot of people tell me so it happens with me a lot of my friends so you know if i just meet a new person like this i'm telling you i've not told this on an online platform ever so what happens is whenever i meet a new person and sometimes what happens is you instantly get that vibe with them and what happens is you start telling them a lot of stuff you start trusting them with your work and all that stuff and i kind of felt i'm with you what you what you said but i think on a smaller scale so i had a youtube channel i had five youtube channels before this so in one of my previous wow. channels i was working with one of my other friends and what happened was we were working together and what happened was uh, suddenly he stopped working so suppose if there was a deadline to upload a video on friday he would uh, he would call back on sunday to me and be like oh i forgot about it and all that stuff even when i called him he didn't answer my calls and all that stuff so that is when i that is what happened and i was like okay our vision is on a line and i had to step down from there so i think i know what you i can relate to that part but on a smaller level yeah, but different when it comes to you know when you're <laughs> for founding something and starting it out and it's different when there are stores or rupees at stake so uh, anyways it's all each one of them is a learning curve but uh, never forget never consider yourself weak and you know that you cannot build it back up all right i rather and you know it was great part of my nature for a very long time was also that i never you know made took take took things legal or never you know bothered to get my space now i have to made it a point that you know nobody can take me for granted I will spend three times the amount because I can on getting my dues, but I will make sure that I make that person pay and that person realizes so that I set a precedent that that person does not do it again to another person. So that's how I safeguard it. So that was about your failures. I think even uh, how do you embrace and celebrate your success? Because even that plays an important role. Oh, that I'm a crazy wild animal when I comes to celebrations. I celebrate life on a regular basis. So it's not just about particularly me celebrating my success on anything, but uh, I'm a very outgoing person. I love like you know normally people have uh, hobbies like they like collecting watches, cars, shoes, belts. I have them all, but my biggest passion is I like to be a good host. So I'm always celebrating and I'm always having people around me and hosting something of the else. So celebrating life is. Part of my day-to-day -day journey. So something that I mean, particular, I'm going to celebrate a particular venture or something like that. Never ended up happening like that. Okay, that's nice. That's something which I would really love to do. Maybe ten years down the line, learn from that. I think that's what I'll pick up from you. So you are an angel investor in multiple companies. So would you look before investing in a company? Um, particularly as I said, it's the the first thing. is obviously that i look at is the people the promoters the guys who have built the the their vision and their thought process aligned with me then obviously the trust factor then obviously my thought on you know doing my r&d and uh, 
you know, due diligence on those companies in terms of seeing the prospect of the future and seeing how hard work dedicated the core team is to willing to grow the the business. There are various aspects to it, obviously. Market studies, uh, potential growth that even the you know the the founder or the person with the idea has not got it, but where I can add value. So that just being an angel investor and giving my money is not going to help. And most of the times I've never done that. I've always either helped raise money for these companies and in return I've ended up getting equity in these companies and uh, growing those businesses bigger because the investors or like even the time of investing, if I'm getting an investor on board, he believes in me and my vision and you know, so it has to align with the rest of the core team. So a lot of aspects that go into it and and most of the time it's basically I follow my gut. And I could be right, I could be wrong, but then it's human to error, so there's nothing wrong in that. You know, I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of startups have noticed sometimes they overvalue their price. They give an amazing pitch. Their idea is also really very nice, but what they have, what happens is they overvalue themselves. So what do you do with that? You you must have experienced it. I've experienced it so many times. Like each and every time, everyone overvalues themselves for sure, which is a great thing. But then getting them to ground reality is also important and I've had many a times where I have given offers to uh, ventures and because of them overvaluing themselves they think that I'm wrong and within a span of say 90 to 180 days I have them coming back back at my door that to reconsider and you know accept my offer and by that time I'll be like no I'm I'll further bring them down and say that you know I told you so that is it's, it's good it takes a lot of hard work but it's, it's good to be on the shark seat and sometimes I like playing shark type myself as well I, uh, this is really, this is kind of off topic, but you know, I've noticed that a lot of me- people who want to get into a media company, what, what they do is actually they look for funding, while, and basically what their ideas are, is actually Gary Vee's ideas. So they just watch Gary's videos and they just take out those ideas and they switch them out. And while actually what Gary says is you don't need funding to start a media company or anything, which is really good. See, media is a tricky place and it's a kind of media that is growing and the kind of content that people are absorbing by the minute, there is enough space in it for everyone. And even if you pick up somebody's idea and you can get it funded and you're out there, then I would call you a genius. Because you just have to do, use your brains too much. You pick, cut, copy, paste, and you're still there. So that's a good thing. I don't think so it's anything wrong in there unless you're infringement or you, there is a copyright issue. Apart from that, if you can pull this off, you're a genius. You're not a con man. So I've spoken to you till now and you know, I kind of felt this also, even when I spoke to you the first time, which is you're grounded with humility and you're open to anything new. So you have, you're accepting new ideas, suggestions or anything like even uh, in, I think one of your previous videos with someone else, you have given out an email idea and you have said if, uh, if they need any help with their venture, they can mail you. And if you can't help them, you will use some of your contacts and connections to help them out. So why do you do that? And like, how? That is the thing. You have such a busy schedule. Uh, having a busy schedule, yes, we all do. But then what use of being a human being is if you are of no use to other humans, right? And in times, I believe there was like times where I too needed somebody to hold my hand and handhold me and, you know, partner with me or believe in me or guide me. And if I was fortunate, just maybe it's my way of balancing and leveling out my scores with the almighty up there that I would do that. And I genuinely mean that I'm happy to put out my, you have my email address the day when you put this on your podcast or you put it up. 
feel free to like you know uh, tell put out my email address and people are more than happy to reach out to me. I have no issues, and if any way I can add value to their lives, or I'm more than happy to help. I'll put it, I'll put it in the comment section your email address. Yeah. So I was actually going through your portfolio, and the amount of companies you've invested and founded are too many, and I can't even remember. But there were few which stayed in my mind, which is one of the things is Suja Energy, which is like a different concept. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that a bit. So Suja is one of my more very most uh, recent acquisitions that I've partnered into. All right, uh, Suja is a, obviously a solar energy company, as you see. Uh, the difference in this company and uh, the way how regular solar companies work. This is a one-stop solution turnkey company where today big industries and like even uh, actually not even big, basically medium small enterprise, the MSMEs that when they have got high consumption of electricity and today are Paying anywhere between seven to eight rupees, particularly in states like Maharashtra and Karnataka, uh, they for them to set up a solar plant where their consumptions would be anywhere between 25 kV to, uh, you know, or sorry, from 25 megawatts to you know, uh, 35 megawatts. For them to set up, it would be cross and cross of investment. So Suja, what it does is basically builds that bridge between creating that power, supplying it to these companies at half, literally way less than what they are paying to the regular electricity boards. At the same time, Suja has managed to secure international funding to provide these companies for this kind of thing. So today, a company has to it's worth to get a 25, you know, uh, megawatt project. If they need to invest, say, about 40 crores, here yeah, the company only needs to invest 10 percent of it. Focus the rest, uh, 36 crores will be come from an international fund that will give, which will do an agreement with this company that over the next 10 to 15 years, that at this price you will be given this electricity, and this is what. How you're going to be paying for it? Another one which so was in my innovation mind. Into. Sorry. No, no, I continue. Sorry, add another thing. It was another question. Yeah. So yeah. So that's about it with Suja. So the latest offering in cutting-edge solar energy with a financial backing to it, like with a financial model to it. So, is it just for industries, or is it even used at the local house level? Uh, so, yeah, we have actually also made uh, these particular kits, which cover uh, from small, medium, and large kind of uh, range, where it doesn't cost too much, and starting from anywhere about uh, for villages now from two thousand rupees per house, which will can uh, have which will have one solar panel or battery. Uh, that will uh, store that uh, energy and then a light and one at least one light and one fan can work in a hot mid, starting from that price range and can go up to you know whatever the requirement is. So we want to definitely expand that and we are we are trying to now propose that to certain governments as well for rural India. So that will be a great part. Uh, it will be a great initiative that we can if we could get that going very soon. So you want a lot into uh, this is uh, this is a bit off offside, but you know I want to know about SFL Super Fight League and Super Boxing League. Like the, the, when I reached out to you, also I told you that the reason why I reached out to you was because that was a unique concept which you have worked on, which was really cool. If you remember, so tell me about that. That was like really cool. So Super Fight League was one of actually first super ventures ever into sports. Uh, One of my first ventures ever into sports at that level, and uh, it was already SFL was already an existing brand in India, which was initially uh, done by the 
build uh, Sanj uh, and uh, Sanjay Dutt and Raj Kundra. And then uh, that time it worked on a very fight night kind of a model. And then uh, I had visited one of those fight nights and I, I met Bill over there. And then we like, opposed that a few years later, he told me, I want to relaunch SFL in India and make it into a team-based model. And this is how I want to do it. And you're the man over there around and you have the right connect and contact to bring in team owners at the same time involve Bollywood celebrities and, you know, let's create that hype and build it big together. So it was a great journey and the success of Superfight League Season 1 was so enormous that we, that's where we took a, I wouldn't say a mistake exactly because my partners, my ex-partners now no more part of it, my ex-partners will uh, not agree with me. But with the enormous success of us, we, was, we jumped and we leaped ahead and launched the Super Boxing League as well. So we were like the first ever sports company in the world to do two successful like globally televised leagues in one year of two different sports in the same format. So it was like a very different, unique thing that one pulled off. But it has its drawbacks and its pros and its cons. But Superfight League would always be very special to me as it was, as I said, like my, my first entry into the business world of sports. How do you create a hype for it? Like when you're starting a new thing, how... So you see, in the end, is what is the most key thing? The most key thing is obviously the audience, the people are going to absorb that content that you're trying to create. And how do you get to that niche? So you basically, the strategy behind it was we brought in a big corporate, made the corporate buy and pay for the team, got in celebrities, co-owners on sweat equity, made that into a bundled package. Sweat, so the celebrity, and we like tried to target an area-based target audience. Like, so for example, if we had like... Uh, you know, uh, a Haryana team in Super Fight League. The Haryana team, we got a Randi Fuda who's a proper Haryani and knows the sport and everything. And the locals over there connect to him. So he owned the Haryana Sultan. So it was like a perfect get gelled in there. So that's how we, try. we built the, and publicized the whole business model and like the way how the league grow. Wait, since we're talking about uh, business and leagues and all, what what is the key grade you look for before hiring someone? Uh, nothing like like a particularly like it's like any other organization. It's nothing that you're looking for any particular somebody who's expert in manpower, somebody who's expert in you know their uh, medical skills, or somebody who's expert in their marketing. It's like so basic. This business is the same like any other corporation. It's just about how you you know challenge. There's nothing in particular that I will look into like before you hire a person that is into the sports industry that that person has to have a different right now in the last two three years or i say four years maximum there are specialized sports uh, courses that have come out in various universities and colleges and when the time when we started out there was no such specialized courses also okay so uh, then what is one key trait that got you here where you are today the one, sorry, one key word. One key trait that got you where you are today, where you are here. I believe that I'm the undefeatable. That is my trait. My actual name, Aprajit, means the undefeatable. So I never give up. I never back down. I'm always, always there. There are setbacks in life, but I always take it smilingly. And God has been kind in those ways to me. I think every time, at, uh, if I've taken two steps back, then immediately, very soon, I bounce back 10 steps ahead as well. So, I'm blessed in those ways. But, uh, do you like, how do you, when you're in the low times, when you're in those rough phase, how do you like, uh, 
keep yourself together because i know a lot of people when we start going through the rough times uh, we start losing ourselves out we get a fear that i can't do this and most of us quit so how do you see yourself through those rough times uh i at times like that actually you know uh, my way of dealing with it is i can't lock myself in a room sit and sob okay or that i'm down and out no my way of dealing with it i become more outgoing i go out i meet more people i make an effort more towards people and take their time and just tell them like you know let's catch up for a drink or a coffee or whatever and then discuss whatever possibilities are there and then something or else always works out never you know uh, consider yourself alone and don't you know ever go into that space where you want to just suddenly like shut everything shut yourself down so go into a low go talk to people express yourself there's nothing wrong everyone goes we all are human over here unless we you know if we were god then we wouldn't feel that that pain and be alone but so it's okay it is never hold back in expressing yourself yeah i think i, I think that is really important because i know i know at this age also there are a lot of people who you know what you said they, they do what you said you know they lock themselves in a room and they will sob out and all that stuff why it would be better if they just talk about it precisely talk about it go out explore more options you never know what can come your way and when the most unplanned and the most unforeseen things have happened with me also in the most craziest and dynamic ways and i have like heard of so many also craziest business deals that have happened in spur of moments of this you know an evening out with friends so always expect the unexpected that's what one should definitely do and i also think we need to you know keep the ego part aside so i know a lot of people who will say okay this this person is younger than me so he can't teach me anything while what i this is from my experience actually so i have a junior in school and i learned so much from her about patience and all that stuff which i don't think some of my batchmates could have known like that is how it is and a lot of people are like okay this is this person is younger so i can't learn anything from this person well that is wrong so if we push that part aside then we can learn a lot more i think i completely forget younger or older or you know anything like that buddy today uh, every person can teach us something any and every person whether somebody who's you know less qualified than i am he can teach me something today i, I can't believe that you know you're so younger than me but i feel i'm feeling so confident feel like opening out and sharing my experiences more because dude you have a knack with yourself that you know how the way you are doing this interview i think it's one of i'm definitely going to be like you know oh this young guy actually brought out all those experiences from me and you know i really feel like you know initially i said i would give you a little bit of a time slot we have had a long day but i'm actually enjoying this whole conversation and you know it's uh, it's about how you make the person across you feel and how you want to you know uh, teach them so always accept learning is something that is constant and will always be consistent in your life every each and every day is new to that so hopefully now 10 years later we can collab on a venture or something if i have a good idea i'm more be more than happy you have open access to me at any given time be rest assured so i got your from now so how how old are you again i'm 17 right now so i can expect in the next 5 years actually to come to me max 5 years right 10 years the next 5 years i expect you to come to me with a good idea and tell me that Uh, we said that we do this together and you know tell me that how we can both collaborate and i'll be more than happy to i see that potential in you 
Thank you so much. I, I have my fingers crossed that happens. So you are actually a member, a functioning member in multiple companies. And how do you manage your everyday time with them? Because um, I think when I went through a portfolio, I think there are more than 15 or 20, I think a lot of companies. So, and you're playing a key role in it. So how do you do that? Do you like call everyone in the morning or forward? I keep myself openly accessible. So people who I do my various ventures with, they know that they can access me. There's a way I've set a certain system that how I'm accessible to people, all right, who even I work with. At the same time, I make sure that when I, in my own planning through the week, that with how much time to which venture I want to dedicate and how I want to put in that time towards them, right? And who which company needs attention at what time. That is for me to understand that's how my business acumen comes into play. At the same time, I always keep my doors and eyes and everything open and accessible to the people I work with. So that's something that they know that through this channel, they can get my time any and as and when they need, if they need any kind of assistance. Whereas on my own, there's a whole cycle and the whole scheduling that goes into it, where I do good time management is the key thing, obviously. And I have my days where I guess I would have a late night where I'll be partying with my friends at 3, 4 in the morning, where the next day, in my, my first half, I won't be accessible, which is fine that I've earned that space to be there. Right. So it's all about, you know, life, how you balance your personal professional life. It's all about that. In the end, this is a game of balance and time management. So I want to talk about how does one dive into a business venture? Let's say someone has a brilliant idea. So what is the first thing they do? Do they build a prototype? Do they um, ask, to, ask someone for help? Do they get another friend or something or do they directly go out for funding what is the what are the abcs of it so there is a, there is a phases to it obviously depending on what your venture is if you're getting into uh if it's a product basis or if it's a app basis so you develop it to the greatest extent the journey if you can as, as long as however far you can take it on your own one should do that and get that to a certain stage and obviously market studies are important and today, you guys are like so lucky. Everything is openly, information is openly available in every way possible. So it's very easy for you all to actually, you know, put together a great idea, create the prototype, or you know, at least a working version of an app or few, whatever the idea is, and then come out for funding. And acquiring funding does not is not should not be your primary goal. Your your primary goal should be getting a person who can align with your vision so that he backs your venture and grows with you. Otherwise, you don't want somebody who will give you the money and every second day ask you that whether you're returning it or giving him the returns of it. You need some, you need those kind of funders who will add value to you. So one should always also be very careful on whom they are approaching and how do they intend to, you know, grow themselves. So now the last topic which I wanted to dive in is something which both of us really enjoy talking about, which is network is equal to network. I told you before we started recording also. So, you know, I think in the age that we live in, there's so much of competition out there that I think in the next uh, two decades or three decades, survival at the basic level will also be difficult itself. And that a person who has a strong network will win over who has a huge amount of, who is sitting on a large stack of cash, which he has inherited or something. So what are your thoughts on networking on that? 100% use every possible way and channel, whether social and today it's like again everyone's so openly accessible the way how YouTube reach out to me or 
for that matter anybody i want to reach out today to uh, or put a message or a thought across to any celebrity or any uh, one i look up or look up to it actually is possible for one to do that as so many times i want to put a thought across to some uh, our ministers and policy makers i just pick up my like instagram and i would go and direct message them or go on twitter and tweet at them and get their attention and put my word across and then there have been times when i got responses from them and you know uh then i've taken my conversations and my view further and you know try to relate and get them to see the things at my point of view so networking is something one should always dedicate in your time management of your day spend two to two hours i would say in at least networking minimum keep exploring various uh, platforms on how you can access people and the kind of people that you are interested in whether it's linkedin whether it's instagram whether what there's so many platforms whatever you would like to use and definitely one should do that in their own way and particularly i see that a lot of business leaders and even young business leaders today have that niche that they want to accommodate you know the next generation coming in like the way i would for you the way i've done it for you and it's the same way if you would approach other business i'm sure they'll take the time out and even come and you know be on the show peers because the way how you formulate your questions and the way how you're getting to things i think you're doing a great job with it Because I was inspired during this lockdown, and I started something called as a show called Tycoon Talks on my Instagram, just where I interview, interviewing my buddy, uh, young business leaders, and you know, going through their journey and all of it. And I'm turning that into a show as well. So it's like a great thing to do, and that helps you build your network. I think even the way you said building the network, it has actually have, that has helped me also. So basically, some of my guests from my podcast have reached out through LinkedIn to them. Some have reached out through Instagram and also some have reached out through Twitter, and then there's one or two which have reached out to through mail. So if we use all the options that are out there, we explore them, then we can actually work it out. Like even for you, when I reached out to you, there are multiple ways. I could have mailed you, I could have reached out through you to LinkedIn, and I think there's a third way which is one of my favorite ways. So my favorite way is actually I go on Instagram, and let's say I want to reach out to you, so I will go on your Instagram following. And I will message someone that hi, my name is Ayush. I do podcasts and all that stuff. Could I ask you for a favor? And when they get back, I will tell them to help me reach out to Abhi or someone. So that is actually one of my favorite ways because what happens with so that, that is that's how you use Richa to do that to me. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I reached out to Richa that way. I reached out to Richa that way, and then Richa guided me to you. So what happens with I that actually is not. you. I also gain a lot from that people, so they will help me reach out to you, but they will also help me reach out to other people in that field. That is what I have learned from this. So that is like the third way is my favorite way. Well, then you have a great advantage over here now, and you can go through my profile, and you'll have people uh, since you tell them that Abhi made the time and came on your podcast. So I'm sure you'll manage to get a lot more of these businessmen also to come and join them because they would know if I made the time for it. It's obviously something that is worth their while as well. That's a smart move, not bad, Ayush. Let me know ever if you need anything, or uh, or you know, if in this lockdown I can help you some way, you know, in anything at all. Please feel free to reach out. And does that conclude your questions, or you have any more left for me? Well, that, that that actually could conclude. So I really enjoyed this session with you. You know, I got a lot of insights and I learned right. a lot of new stuff. So thank you so much for being a part of this. So do you want to? My pleasure, Ayush. Sorry. Do you want to tell them to subscribe? they might listen to you guys i tell each and every one if you want to know or learn anything about you know coming up in life you should learn it from ayush he had the this to you know 
make his way even to me. I am just a very normal, regular guy, but he's convinced me to do this, and which is not very easy. Trust me. Please subscribe to his channel and watch out for his shows and his podcast and support him because I am going to subscribe for sure and watch not only mine but even everybody else's interviews as well that is going to come in the coming days. And uh, I look forward to doing business with Ayu sometime in life very soon. And you know, maybe you will not only just call him a budding entrepreneur but a partner in business as well very soon. Hopefully, but in the meantime, after the next few years, still focus on your education and empower your brain with. All the knowledge that is needed for you to, you know, come out in this uh, corporate jungle as we call it. But uh, sounds like a plan.